It's the 49th running of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. It's such an amazing thing to see all these people just running down the street all at the same time. 60,000 runners. Running releases a lot of endorphins. It's euphoric. 3,500 volunteers. And it's just fun high-fiving all the people when they run by. 6.2 miles. I'm not too concerned about being the first in. I just don't want to be the last one. All on the 4th of July. I'm there every year. Let's get you ready. This is the Peachtree Podcast. The official podcast of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Welcome back for the Peachtree Podcast, episode two for this season, getting you ready for Atlanta's July 4th tradition, the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Here with Jay Holder, I'm Jennifer Perry, and we're here to help you get ready for the world's largest 10K. And I thought last week's episode would be tough to beat, Jay, but we might have done it. I think we did. I really do. I'm looking at the lineup for today, and it's just an exciting trio of guests that we have. We're going to talk to the one guy. There's one person who's run all 49, well, will run. So he's run 48. He's about mm-hmm. to run 49 AJC Peachtree Road Races. There's only one person of the 60,000. Wow. Only one guy's been there every <laughs> July 4th. So we're going to hear from him. We're also going to talk to Chris Hollis from Mizuno. Mizuno, as you may know, puts out a, a commemorative shoe every year for the AJC Peachtree Road Race. And this year's shoe, talk about topping the last one with our episodes. This year's shoe, you never think you're going to be able to top the last Mizuno shoe, but this year's shoe... It's just awesome. Um, So he's going to talk a little bit about the design that went into that, where you can find it, and the new technology in the shoe that Mizuno Mm -hmm. has never done before. You've been sporting these for a few weeks now. I'm kind of jealous, honestly. They're super comfortable. (laughs) You know, I I was in Boston when they came out, and I walked, I think I walked the the entire city in the shoes. It was my first test walk in the pair, and they were awesome. If you haven't seen those, I'm sure they're on Atlanta Track Club's website, right? (laughs) That's right. You can find them at atlantatrackclub.org. You can find them at local run specialty stores, also at Mizuno US. They'll be hard to miss if you visit the store. So. They are red, yes. white, and blue, uh, <laughs> and they're it's just a great shoe. Um, every year, that commemorative shoe gets better. We're going to talk about uh, some of the other peach tree gear as well. And Jay, one of the great things we're doing this season on the Peach Tree Podcast is really featuring some of those elite runners and sharing their stories. And I'm really excited about the one that we have today because you can just hear the passion that he has for this sport in general. When you talk about legends of peach tree, it's impossible to have that conversation without mentioning Abdi Abdi Rockman, one of the great American runners of all time who owns two of the fastest times ever run on the peach tree course. But other than that, he's just a great ambassador for the sport and really, really captures what it means to be a role model and a professional runner at the same time. And and it was great to talk to him today. But we want to get to our very first guest. As you mentioned, Jay, there's only one person who's been around for every single AJC Peachtree Road Race. And uh, that's Bill Thorne, right? Bill Thorne. He's going to be here for number 49 and he's seen it all. When we connected earlier this morning, you were in an ice bath coming back from a run the weather here in Atlanta, it's, it's May 23rd as we're taping this. Not great for running, but you have established over time that the weather is not an obstacle. Uh, weather is not an obstacle to me. I guess the most dangerous thing, what, would be lightning? <laughs> not doing that. <laughs> well, Bill, can you admit your age for us? Do you mind doing that? I'll be 88 September the 4th. All right, so 87 for this year's AJC Peachtree Road Race. And that's what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> and you're and the counting. Only one and counting. And uh, you're the only one who has this Peachtree Street going. So, first of all, can you take us back to 1970? I mean, how did you get involved in that very first race? Well, I just heard about it. 
I had just begun to get into running, and uh, I was using it primarily as fitness, and I was coaching in high school, and I taught physical education, and so I guess it just kind of became the thing to do based Mm -hmm. on what I was doing at that time. It was kind of a community affair. We would be running in uh, races or around the neighborhood with people that we knew. And so one thing led to another, and that's when Tim Singleton and the group that he was connected with decided to put that uh, race on called the Peachtree Road Race. And nobody really thought a whole lot about it. They just thought it was another run. So that's basically how I became acquainted with running. And uh, do you remember the conditions that day? Was it as hot as it has been on many Fourth of Julys around Atlanta? I don't even remember. (laughs) Just growing up in the South about that time of the year, you know, it's usually always pretty hot. It was just a normal day to me. Were you surprised to see the crowds start to really build year after year, Bill? Oh, I, I noticed it. I, I can't remember the exact year, but at that point, I was still young enough to be concerned about my times, <laughs> even though I was not a known runner. And so that particular year, I was attempting to run under 40 minutes, and I'm pretty sure I got it, but I don't exactly know. (laughs) And uh, more people entered that morning than they had ever imagined. It was just hard to handle in that chute as you came to the finish line. Yeah. And so people were really kind of upset because they couldn't see that timing clock down at the end of the chute. Of course, we referred to our watches, but usually we always went by that clock we had set up there. You talked about, Bill, how Peachtree was the beginning of your running journey. Tell us a little more about your running journey beyond Peachtree, and I know that includes your own running, but also a pretty successful coaching career. Well, by me running as well, of course, I was coaching football and boys track because that's what I began coaching in the very beginning in 1955. And uh, things changed in several different ways because uh, it's, it's a progress that took place of how I got to where I am today. I guess a big part of it would be in the founding of Landmark Christian School. That's a story in itself because I'm in the process of writing a book on how the school was started. And it was all built around my coaching. Well, and suffice it to say that they have a a very successful cross-country and track and field program uh, which you've been involved with for many years, and, and I have to imagine that your running feeds that, and it feeds your running. Well, yeah, anytime you're around a lot of young people, as high school students are, many things change with them, too. Coaching is just not the same all the way through. It was 
different years ago, and it's altogether different today. It's not different in the nature of the run and what it requires, but it's finding people who will do that. And the key, everybody's always looking for a magic bullet in anything, but there is none. There never will be. It requires the type of training that it takes to be successful. Now, anybody can go out and just run, but to do it and do it right, it requires, I feel strongly that you need a good program. During the years, that's what the Lord has given me, the ability or discernment, whatever you want to call it, to be able to get people to do it. That has to be the reward that you get bringing up these generations of new runners. But for yourself personally, you talked to us about trying to break that 40-minute mark way back when the race really took off. Do you still set your own kind of personal goals today when it comes to running? No, uh, or yes and no. Okay. Uh, I keep a record every day of my times, but you see, after a certain age, you got to get over that thing about you're not really racing for medals or things like that. My thing is continuing to do things. Consistency is the key word that I use. And I can't tell you what drives me. It's just my makeup over the years, where I grew up, where I came from. All of that stuff goes through my mind, and it's in my mind constantly as I get older. And getting this far in running, what is it, the 49th one coming up, that's a chore. Mm-hmm. And I could not do it unless I do what I do to allow my body to be able to take that. So all of this is all a full part of me. The coaching of the kids, the Peach Street Road Race, the longevity, living this long, staying healthy. All these things make this happen. You know, that's that's a hard thing to do, just to run 49 Peach Street Road Races and to have been healthy enough on every one of them to finish. Yeah, so a question mm-hmm. about that. Was there ever a close call for you? Was there ever a race where you almost didn't yep. make it to the there, starting there line? Two or three times. I did one one time with a a bad ankle, and I did one about five or six years ago where you started coming up on these sports drinks and things that could uh, enhance your recovery. And uh, I got hold of one, that five-hour thing, and that's the worst thing I could have ever done. Those, Those things are just not healthy. A good lesson uh, for all of us there, Bill, I think. Nothing new on race day. Yeah. A new drink or a new shoe or a new apparel item on race day generally doesn't work out too well. Yeah, you've got to have the total mindset, the total body healthy and everything. And so no one has that true answer. You're always experimenting or doing different things. And I, I know a lot about what not to do. I wish I had the formula that would just say, oh, this is just suits you just perfect. It works, but it only works for certain people. I just know that the Lord gave me this body. He allowed it to be here, and I 
want to honor him and thanks for it by taking care of it. Yeah, keeping yourself healthy and all the challenges that come with it and the new challenges that come with it. Just one of the hundreds of things I can think of that make running 49 straight peach trees just so incredible. At what point in that journey did you say, you know what, I'm going to do this every year? Oh boy, that goes through your mind as the days pass from one year to the next. And uh, you have all kind of thoughts. Because I've heard of people before running a 5K or a 10K, and uh, they were in the 90s or something. And then I found out later that was not true. And, of course, those are things that are sensational. Uh, And that's what people want to hear. But unless you know all the facts and the figures and what actually goes on, you don't really know. All I can tell anybody about is myself. Well, and And you certainly have a unique story, Bill. I mean, you are the only one who's continued this Peachtree streak for this many years. And you mentioned earlier, you don't run for trophies, you don't run for T-shirts. But I have to ask you, when the T-shirt tradition started, did you like that? And have you kept all those T-shirts over the years? Well, that's a story in itself. (laughs) Every phase about what I've ever done is a story in itself. (laughs) This is why we need the book. (laughs) I'm not saying that, but it is. Yeah, the first T-shirt, we didn't get one the first year. I I assume you know that. Mm -hmm. So the 25th year, they gave everybody who had run the first year, they started recognizing that group. And that group is called the original 110. Now, I I know it didn't start out with 110 people. It started out with more than that. I've heard 150-something. But 110 finished. They have record of that. Mm -hmm. And so they started back then and had a little gathering and gave everybody who was there a new T-shirt. And it said the one, it was something about the one you never got. And uh, we've gotten something like that every year since the 25th year, every five years. And I've got all of those. And uh, the first one they gave, well, people didn't think a whole lot about this road race or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the fad at that time was to wear shirts when you were running and they call cutoffs and cut off about at the midriff if that's the correct phrase uh-huh. and i wish i had never done that because that's i've got two or three like that <laughs> but i still have them they're part of my collection because i'm positive i have the only full collection that i actually received. I, I think you're right on that. I think we could we could probably verify that. Well, it is interesting, your story. You have many stories here, Bill, but uh, tell us about next year. Do you allow yourself to even think about the 50th running just yet? Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. I, I thought about it all last year. <laughs> and uh, as you know, your body, when it gets to the point, wherever it is, you go, wow, it would be neat to make it through 50. But you can't go there because you got to take it one day at a time. You do have 60,000 people now who are going to be out there cheering you on for 49 and then 50 next year, Bill. So we'll be rooting for you come July 4th. And uh, good luck with the rest of your training. Although it doesn't sound like you need luck. You've put in the hard work. 
There is no such thing as good luck. I tell people all the time, you know yourself, and that that's how I feel about it. I'm either ready. I wouldn't even want to step out there if I knew I wasn't. And what the results are going to be, those are simply up to the Lord and whatever occurs. But as far as being ready to go there, you either look forward to it or you don't. Thank you so much for inspiring all of us then to I know put in that I've hard work. I spent my time with you. <laughs> and I, I can just go on and on forever. And we I, need that book from you. <laughs> I, I, I hope that I haven't messed y'all up. Not at all. We appreciate the opportunity to talk about the breadth of history you have on on this event. And uh, anytime we we get to hear your take on it, it's a privilege. Y'all take care. You too. Be here right around the corner, won't it? We'll see you in a few weeks. Know that PNC Bank supports you before and after the finish line with PNC Virtual Wallet. Get all the details at pnc.com slash virtual wallet. PNC Bank, proud sponsor of the AJC Peachtree Road Race, PNC Bank National Association member FDIC. Well, Jay, each week here on the Peachtree Podcast, we like to feature some of the elite runners that will make up that field for the U.S. 10K Championship this year in the AJC Peachtree Road Race, and uh, happy to have one who has a lot of experience with this course. Yeah, I don't think the AJC Peachtree Road Race field is complete without Abdi Abdi Rockman. He's run here, I don't even know how many times, but I know that two of his times are in the top five fastest performances for a U.S. man ever in the 49-year history of the race, ran 28-11 in 2007, which is the third fastest time by an American here on this course and in his past two races was fourth in 2016 sixth in 2017 abdi thanks for joining us on the podcast oh thank you for having me man. i really appreciate it you uh you seem to like this race yeah you know it's a great race to be honest and being atlanta it's a great city the course the atmosphere you know always a race is always as good as its organizers so you know it's a well put it together race and actually it's a fourth of july it just Everybody who runs to in Atlanta, I think, like comes back all the time because when you get that one experience, Fourth of July, just running the race is a great experience. So that's one thing I love about the race. I think that a lot of people think it's hard to run fast on this course given the last three miles, but it seems like you've figured it out. It's a great course, you know. As an athlete, you don't look at the course how the course lay. You know, it's hilly. The first three miles will give you as much time as you wanted. And just at the last three miles, all about maintain. And at the same time, you have to be either good downhill runner or good uphill runner. So you can have a both of them. So my strength is running uphill for me. Just the first three miles to hang on the race. And the last three miles, I always like, I know I'm going to be there toward the end. So and that's how I ran the 2007. Because I remember I was second, barely. The guy who beat me was one of the great runners, you know, Mutai, the guy from Japan. So... Mm-hmm. You know, what I did was just hang on for the first three miles and uh, the last three miles, they couldn't drop me because that was my strength of running the hills. Yeah. Can you talk to us about that back half of the course and uh, share some tips that you have for us average runners on conquering those hills? I, you know, like uh, those hills, it's just it's, it's all about maintaining, you know, like if you're average runner, you know, what's your weakness or what your strength is, you know, just uh, for me, the, the best thing to do is just the pace. Just don't go hard the first three miles, just, you know, trying to run comfortable pace and when you get to the about three and a half miles almost four miles is all about maintaining and the last mile is all 
like you know a little gradual downhill or flat so just to finish strong you had a great race in new york back in the fall and the marathon and then i think you probably took a little downtime after that what's your build-up look like to peachtree uh, you know, my build-up is going pretty well now, you know, that's why I'm, I'm in Flagstaff now, my base training for the summertime, so this is what I'm getting ready for my beach tree, just doing a lot of hill repeats, uh, you know, doing my long runs, you know, my speed workout, I haven't, I haven't been running the 10K for a while now, so Atlanta is one of the few 10Ks that I run, and it's the season opener for me, so and I want to come out there and just put the good show on it, hopefully be top five again. Yeah, that would be great to see because uh, I think you're an inspiration for a lot of runners today. We've talked about, you know, some of the senior elite runners in this pack this year. Has anything adapted about your race strategy and your running in general as you get a little bit older? Uh, to be honest, you know, age always a factor. But at the same time, it's like if you feel old or you say, oh, I can't do this thing anymore. That's you already give up your mind. For me, just to be honest, I know I'm 41 years old. But at the same time, I feel as good as I felt when I was 20. So my training hasn't changed that much. My intensity, and I can tell that I'm not as fast as I used to be, but my strength is still there. So that's why I'm running more marathons than 10K and half marathons now. And at the same time, I enjoy running. It's just it's a passion of mine, and I love doing it, and I'm planning doing even past 50, to be honest. Mm-hmm. like, And I know I'm not going to be a lead, but something I want to do even when I'm you know, retire from running out, just something I want to be involved is It's not just something I do for the money or for the living. It's just something I do from the bottom of my heart. And it's just the love for the sports. The master's record at Peachtree is 29.09, if you want to write that down, because I think you've got a good <laughs> shot of taking that. It's stood since 1992. 29.09, it's going to be a great race. I know Bernard is running. He's a good friend of mine, and he's a master's, and he's been training really well. So I know that record is going to go down this year. It's going to be Bernard or me, but somehow we'll go down. This is going to be the last year standing. I like that prediction. You heard it here first, and we'll have to see what Bernard says about that. Uh, always great to have you both here, but what I love about watching both you and Bernard races, despite the fact that you are masters, you're not racing for the masters title. You're racing for the open title and, yeah, definitely. and always I'm in the mix. I'm not racing as a masters. You know, that's the day I believe I'm masters. That's when I'm going to lose to the younger guys. So for me, I'm still considering myself as an elite athlete. So and that's how I run my races. It really does seem like a lifelong passion for you. You kind of hear it in your voice, Abdi. I mean, you love this, don't you? Oh, yeah. Thank you. You know, I enjoy it. There's a lot of a lot of my friends who are around with me already retire and do something else in life. For me, I'm still at it. You know, I'm still enjoying it. And to do this long, you have to love it. And I definitely can say part of my heart, I love running. And it's just something I love doing it. You know, I can't even see without running what I will do. So give us the, the brief history. How did your running journey begin? You know, my running journey, I didn't run in high school or junior high or middle school. You know, just I started running my sophomore year in college. Wow. Uh, yeah, Pima Community College. So I'm a late bloomer to the running when it comes to the age where I saw. And that's also, that's contributed to my longevity of my running career, to be honest, because I didn't have those four seven, eight years of, you know, high school or junior high. So, and I started running at the Pima Community College. And I just showed up one day. No one introduced me anything. So I just I just want to be a runner. And I saw one guy was running and he was dead last. And I say, if that guy can run, I can run it too. To be honest, I didn't know how good I was going to be. And I remember just going to the Pima Community College, talking to the coach. I say, telling him that I want to be a runner. And he asked me if I ever run. And I told him no. And he told me to come to the practice next day. 
I remember showing up. I was wearing boots and jeans, and I did five <laughs> miles, and I came second on the team. So and that was the beginning of my running career. I think that's a great message to everybody, the 60,000 people who run run the Peachtree, that we, you hear all the time from people, well, I can't do that. I, I can't do a 10K. But, you know, maybe they're not going to go to the Olympics three or four times. <laughs> but everybody can run or walk or complete this race. Yeah, that's true. If you believe you cannot do something well, you can. That's you already lost half of the battle, to be honest. Like, if you say, I can do it, and you either start working or running, anyone can finish unless you have like a, you know, life training injury. That's, that's a different. But if you're a healthy person and you just don't like running, you can definitely finish a 10K, 5K. And I know a lot of people who are good, my friends, they used to tell me, oh, I will never do a marathon in my life. I will never do that. That's just too crazy, 26 miles. But when they do the half marathon or a 10K and they say, oh, man, that wasn't that bad. I think I can do a marathon too. You know, as long as you believe in yourself and what you're capable of, you can do it. Anyone can do the 10K. You know, you don't have to run the whole way. You can run like a, a mile, walk like a mile and run a mile. Just start a baby step. No one was born with the talent. You know, we learn everything in life. You know, people are doctors, you know, just learn how to practice to be a doctor, you know, just teachers, everything. Like a, even us elite runners, we're never born. We might have a little bit of talent, but we develop our speed, our endurance, so it takes a lot of work. And if you kind of start one mile a day, two miles, you know, every two weeks, anyone can do this. It's doable. One of the things that I love about talking to elite runners, and it's it's really coming through with you, is that this is your job. Like This, this is what you do for work every day, yet the way you talk about running and the runner's high and the exhilaration of finishing a run is something that all of us feel, and it's not often that... The, the people who do this as a hobby can relate to the professionals so well. Do you see that when you go to these big races? That's a good question, actually. Uh, it's amazing, you know, just to see like a regular runners interact with the elite athletes. There's a lot of sports out there, but there's not that many sports that you can interact with the elite athlete or do the same route that they do, you know, you can compare to yourself and see how fast they go. It's just amazing experience. And that's one thing as a, the running community is different from any other sports. You know, you, you can have like Yuli Kipchoge running like a London Marathon and you have all the other people, like all the recreational runners, sub-elite people doing the same thing that he's doing it, same course. It's like the NBA, you see LeBron James, but you see all the fans. But those people, they cannot play with LeBron and the, on the basketball court. So you know, that's what makes so special our sports, and that's something like I love about running. So, you know, you talk about running until you're well into your 50s. How do you see your role as a runner evolving over the next couple of decades? You know, I want to be ambassador for our sports at the same time. I want to be the right ambassador. Most important thing for me is doing the right thing and being the right role model to the kids and even to the adults. You know, we have all this kind of crazy thing going on in our world, in our sports now, like all this doping allegation, all this thing. I want to do the right thing. I just want to tell people, you don't have to run. You don't have to be like a whatever time people shoot for or like damage their body. Just like you, you can be a good athlete for you, what you're capable of. You can be a 210 marathoner, but at the same time, for me, I'm a 208 marathon and that's what makes me happy every day. And I did what I'm capable of and that just makes me happy every day. And that's how I want to be a road model. People look after me and just them know that I did it the right thing to get where I am. That's been a good role model to me. And just at the end of the day, I want to be a coach. You know, I started a team now. 
So I have a couple of guys. Actually, they're my training partner now, not my, my athletes. So, mm-hmm. But in the future, I want to move to the, the role of coaching. That would be great to see, Abdi, because you're already a great role model. But uh, you mentioned you love this race. You love the atmosphere on July 4th. Have you thought about any post-race plans here in the city? You going to enjoy anything while you're here? Atlanta is one of the best places to, you know, if you want to enjoy yourself, it's a great city to come. It's just and at the same time on the Atlanta Track Club there, like the first class organization, you know, since I forgot what's her name. She used to be the race director. Now is a rich Kana and he took over, you know, just take it to the next level. And I love what they do, the hospitality, you know, the race after we have a little party after the race. And it's amazing, you know, I, I'm kind of sad we get rid of that. They don't do the firework at the what are they called the firework we used to- <laughs> yeah they used to do the fireworks at the at the mall they this is the, yeah. at the mall yeah yeah they haven't done that yeah, in I'm, the past couple of years i'm not sure why yeah, i'm i'm kind of disappointed they don't do the fire but you know <laughs> still is amazing place you know just and atlanta is a lot of scenery just a lot of places you could go see so for me just hanging out with the fellow athletes and the meet organizers after the race just having a good time to be honest like is a it's a family, like, it's almost as a, like a family. The road running community is like a family. So when we get together, that's only one of the few times we see each other. So we enjoy each other's company, you know, just go out and have a dinner or something. So. And 2020, I know that it's still almost two years away, but have you thought about 2020 in the marathon trials? And if so, is that something you might explore when you're here in July? Check out what the course might be. I can definitely say now to you, I am gunning for 2020. And um, that's one of my main goals. And I feel like after this year, everything is going to change leading toward 2020. All my racing schedule, everything will be built up toward the trials. And I'm excited. Atlanta got it because I know Atlanta will do such a wonderful job because I know Rich Kana, he's a former athlete and he knows what it takes to put a great race, especially Olympic trials. And city of Atlanta, they host the Olympics before. So, and I know they have the experience and the, you know, the facility to do it. So, and I'm so excited to be a part of it, hopefully, and make my fifth Olympics. You heard it here first. Right here on the Peachtree Podcast. Abdi in the 2020 Olympic trials. I like it. We hope to see you then. And on July 4th too, Abdi, it's going to be interesting to see what you can pull off this year. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm training hard and hopefully I'm just hoping to have a good one. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see you on July 4th and we hope to see that master's record fall, but we're more focused on seeing where you place overall in the field, hoping for another top five for Abdi Abdi Rockman. Thanks so much for talking to us. All right. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Peachtree Podcast brought to you by Delta. With Delta, fly towards something better with the help of 80,000 employees who do everything they can to help you explore what's possible. Your next opportunity is a flight away with service to the most destinations nonstop from Atlanta. Delta is the official airline of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Delta, keep climbing. Jay, we have to get to my favorite part of today's episode. And anytime we talk about shoes, I'm in. But uh, these shoes in particular for this year's AJC Peachtree Road Race are particularly amazing. When I first saw the email from Atlanta Track Club, I was like, wow, okay, those are on the list for this year for sure. 
Yeah, I feel like Mizuno keeps upping themselves each year with the design. Uh, each year is cooler and cooler. I've loved it from the first year we did it three years ago, and then this year is my favorite. But I say that every year, and Chris Hollis, the brand manager for running at Mizuno, is here to join us now to talk a little bit about this year's commemorative peach tree shoe. It's the same shoe, but it's a different shoe this year. Yeah, absolutely. So this year we were able to launch a new upper technology at Mizuno called WaveKnit in the 2018 peach tree shoe. So it's got the same midsole as last year in the Rider 21, but it's got a new upper that's really plays off of the American flag and is a really cool design, really stands out. Talk a little bit about the wave knit that you just mentioned. People are really gonna notice the difference in the feel of this shoe compared to last year's shoe. Yeah, so knit technology has been around for a little while, but a couple of years ago, we at Mizuno started out to try to make the most runnable knit shoe because knit's traditionally known as a zero waste type of execution. You know, it's like <laughs> one continuous thread. And so we set out to test and test and test and figure out how do we make a knit upper that not only moves with your foot, but doesn't move too far, right? You know, because that's sometimes, you know, a knit can be sometimes it's a little too snug, sometimes it's a little too loose. We just wanted to get that right feel so that it, it allows your foot to expand when it needs to and holds when it needs to as well. Because it's not just about the looks. It has to feel right, if, especially if you're running 6.2 miles or longer. Absolutely. At Mizuno, we're not about making t-shirts for your feet. We're about <laughs> making functional running product, and I think that's what we're known for as a brand. Is that exciting for your designers doing something patriotic and coming up with something new now every year for this race? Absolutely. We start the process. I mean, we've already started for next year. At the, wow. At this point, we started a couple of weeks ago. So this is certainly one of their favorite times. I think, you know, sometimes it's a little harder to up yourself every year, but I do know I've even seen the uh, next year's kind of renderings and thought processes to get samples. And there's even a, a newer technology for next year as well, mm. already in the works. It takes a special event to have its, its own shoe. Tell me a little bit about the thought process that you went through at Mizuno when you decided a couple of years back that AJC Peachtree Road Race would have a commemorative shoe item. Yeah, so I'm I'm actually a transplant to, to Atlanta. I'm, I'm from out west and I've been here for about five years now and it doesn't take you very long to realize that the AJC Peachtree Road Race is a, a unique and beloved Atlanta tradition and, and I think something like that just deserves its own kind of badge of honor. You know, you've got the Boston jacket and things like that. And so we at Mizuno just wanted to bring that kind of flair and love and uh, specialness to something for the road race. And what I think a lot of people might not realize is that although Mizuno is a Japanese company, the U.S. headquarters are, are right here in Atlanta. Yeah, we've we've actually been uh, in a couple of different locations, but we've been in our Norcross facility for gosh probably close to 30 years i think 1982 is when they started it wasn't in this exact same space that it is right now but it was you know within a couple miles and one of the benefits of that you talked about the process of, of developing well, not just this shoe but all the footwear that mizuno puts out and the testing process yeah. what i think is really cool as a runner here in atlanta is that a lot of that testing happens right here in atlanta on the feet of atlanta runners 
Yeah, absolutely. We've done, I don't know, probably close to a dozen at this point uh, where we have members of the Atlanta Track Club across all, you know, the, the general populace. So you get runners of all shapes, sizes, sexes, ethnicities. And, you know, we send them out for a few hot laps around here around the neighborhood, you know, go past the tortilla factory around the, uh, the Fox Brothers barbecue. <laughs> Our and, neighborhood you know, is just a cacophony of smells. Yeah, there's, <laughs> a, there's a, <laughs> barbecue and coffee. Yeah. And, and tortillas. And but tortillas. yeah, we, we send them out there and uh, definitely puts people through the, the ringer to kind of give us the straight goods on how they feel. I actually participated in my first one the other day and it's it's fun to get out there and there you know there's 15 20 people at the same time so people are trying to race each other out there and really get a feel but it's it's a good time it's just interesting to know that that final product that ends up on store shelves around the world you know there was real feedback that came from runners that you probably see every day here in the Atlanta community that contributed to what ended up on store shelves I think that's just really awesome. Yeah, absolutely. As I said before, I mean, we don't make t-shirts for your feet. And so we think that, you know, it's kind of that uh, kid tested, mother approved type of thing. But, you know, if it can't get past the runner, then, then why'd you make it? Because at the end of the day, that's what it's really for. Well, the shoes are awesome, but can we also talk about the t-shirts too? When did Mizuno start with the AJC Peachtree Road Race t-shirt? And did you realize how big of a tradition that is for the 60,000 runners? Oh, it was beat into my head from (laughs) second one how important that thing was. And my wife is actually from Atlanta, so... I've known how important that t-shirt is to people for some time now. And, you know, that thing's under lock and key. I've, I've actually, I've had the great fortune of being able to see it. It's in a, uh, a warehouse under lock and key and armed guards and fences and dogs. It's and like the end of Raiders alligators. of the Lost Ark where they go into that, <laughs> in that room with all the cases. It's like yeah. that room. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you go in the wrong one, it's just a giant pit. So. I saw, Jay, you posted the picture on Atlanta Track Club's Facebook page this this week, the picture of it. How many people actually get a sneak peek at the t-shirt? How many people are in on that? Very few, less, fewer than 10. Oh, wow. Um, okay. uh, not even everyone in the organization has seen it. We, we really try to keep it limited because it's a surprise, not just for the participants, but also for the volunteers and the people who work here on the race to see you know, what that design ends up being. So we try to really keep it a small mm-hmm. number, but the picture we posted is we, we go out to Mizuno's warehouse and we count and make sure that we have 60,000 shirts. <laughs> yeah. Because the last thing you wanna do is run out of shirts. That is the last thing. <laughs> when it comes to the apparel too, you guys have gone above and beyond just the Peachtree Road Race t-shirt because uh, actually you have a number of different options available now at the expo too. It's kind of fun to see what you come up with when it comes to that July 4th tradition. Yeah, and it's fun for our designers as well and whether they're internal in our Norcross office, the Western Design Apparel office is there, or artists throughout the community. We, we love to get everybody involved and, and just figure out what's the flair that we can bring that makes people want to wear the apparel or the shirts or the shoes or the, or the shorts with pride. I got the one last year with the peach and the tree. Mm-hmm. I thought that one was especially clever. But uh, for this year's runners, if you want to deck yourself out in red, white, and blue, what are the options? Oh, there's tons of options. So our apparel is at almost all the run specialty locations. So your big peaches, your West Strides, your Fidipides of the world. Online at atlantatrackclub.org, their shop, and MizunoUSA.com, and then at the Expo. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, there's like six new designs this year nice. from the that are AJC Peachtree Road Race specific. And then we have the second version of the Patriot Pack, which is our kind of national uh, patriotic Stars and Stripes themed apparel. And you can wait until July 3rd to get the shoes, but there's no guarantee that they're 
they're going to be available because it is a very limited run. Absolutely. And I don't mean to, you know, push uh, or incite a riot here, but <laughs> our uh, I do know that this year's shoe has been received very well. I think it's because of that new kind of crazy wave knit upper butt We've already sold more on our website than we did all of last year, just a few weeks in. So blowing through that inventory right now, we will have a couple hundred pairs reserved just for the expo, but all signs indicate that we'll sell out at retail prior to that. They're so pretty, I don't want to run in mine. <laughs> so I'm going to need to buy a second pair just so I can run in them. <laughs> Jay's been breaking them in. And you yeah. should give yourself some time to break in oh, the shoes too, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You don't want the, you don't want day one to be out there. Although I can say I, I took mine straight out of the box and ran 10 miles, but I'm a, I'm a little bit of a different beast when it comes to that. Nothing new on race day. Yeah. Well, where can people find you? What's the Mizuno website if you want to check out some of that AJC Peachtree Road Race gear ahead of time? Yeah, it's MizunoUSA.com is going to be where you can find us. And then the, the shoe, is it'll be on the, the landing page for the whole company for the next uh, you know six weeks, kind of scrolls through with some of the latest and greatest from the other categories as well. Chris Hollis from Mizuno USA, thanks so much for joining us here on the Peachtree Podcast. Thank you, guys. Cliff Bar is one of our great sponsors here on the Peachtree Podcast. As an athlete, you need nutrition for sustained energy. Cliff Bar can help. Cliff Bars taste great and are made with a nutritious blend of organic rolled oats and wholesome ingredients to keep you feeling and performing your best. Whether an hour at the gym or all day on course, Cliff Bar helps you feed your adventure. Stop by the Cliff Bar booth at the expo and try the new sweet and salty. Thanks to all of our guests here on the Peachtree Podcast this week. And uh, Jay, a quick reminder, the great thing about springtime in Atlanta, there's a number of ways you can tune up for the Peachtree. You guys actually have one coming up this week. Yeah, I think it's one of the best 5Ks you can use to train for the AJC Peachtree Road Race. And that's the Braves Country 5K presented by Mizuno at the Battery. It's a hilly course, but it's, you know, so here's the factors that you have. It's a hilly course. It's usually warm because it's in June. And so that's great training for what you're going to face on July 4th. But the other cool thing about that race is that it finishes inside SunTrust Park. It's really cool to run into SunTrust Park and finish on the morning track. Uh, and your entry comes with a ticket to a Braves game. Oh, so, awesome. And the Braves okay. this year, I don't know if you've been following, <laughs> but the Braves are awesome this year. They're killing it. So, you know, really one of the most exciting tickets in town that you get with that race. Registration closes online on May 29th. You can register in person, okay. but guarantee your registration by registering online by May 29th. Yeah. The race shirts are cool. The game experience will be cool. And uh, finishing in SunTrust Park will be pretty cool. That's, right. so. That's June 2nd at the Battery. All right. Looking forward to that coming up and of course join us here again next week right here on the Peachtree Podcast. You've been listening to the Peachtree Podcast, the official podcast of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Thanks to this week's sponsors. For more information, visit atlantatrackclub.org. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ATL Track Club. A DYJ Media Production.